Did you say racialized? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Really Basic Podcast. Basic conversations about basically anything. I am Neon Nation, founder of Really Basic Company, and with me is my cousin, David Nation. Hey, that's me, David Nation, founder of Emergent Cycle, not a cycling company. (laughs) David is all the way in Canada, and I'm all the way in Argentina. Once a week, North meets South. Once a week. We sit down and we have a conversation. Sometimes it's gonna be funny, sometimes maybe not so funny, but we press record and we share it with you guys. Hopefully you enjoy it. Let's do this. <laughs> this podcast is not scripted and may contain grammatical and other errors. Been too formal here for me, looking like a, a neon Rogan over here. <laughs> no, what happened, what happened is that um, no man, what happened was that like the um this the stand that I was on is kind of annoying because I mm-hmm. feel like it's not close enough to my mouse. So okay, um, <clears throat> I just I have the boom mic, the boom arm that came with this from a long time. So I just um put Sensitive it on because yeah, because it's much more comfortable. I can like easily move it back and forth, and it doesn't it doesn't um. Yeah, you know, pick up the sound from um, the, the clicking on the keyboard and all that. Right, stuff. right, all that. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it looks pro. I was thinking about getting the arm because, like, I don't know, like, when I sit back, I was listening to myself when I was listening to today, like, I kind of sounded uh, farther back. Right. More, right. more like direct. Right. So I was like saying, oh, maybe I should start sitting closer and talking to the mic but i don't know if, if i'm coming in too hot oh man no you're good right there you're good at that okay and i feel like at that level we can actually um you know talk more comfortable without like comfortably without having to shout and stuff like that exactly exactly towards that side just uh, we had bought some um some kitchenaid mixers so i still have the box there and i need to I'm thinking of reselling one of them. So okay, yeah. Well, also big production going on because yeah. they said KitchenAid mixers with the <laughs> with the S. Right. Well, we bought a heavy duty one for most of what we're doing, and um, we have the previous Black and Decker mixer, and um, trying to grow the production. Hopefully, soon can get you know multiple <laughs> mixers. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you need multiple ovens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all in the works. You know, just trying to slowly build up. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. But like, shows finding it like okay, just like just the two of you like doing this and pumping it. Um. Up. Yeah. For for right now, for right now, what we're doing it it works. Um. Having a bigger space, you know, we're we're still trying to find that. Hopefully by mid May we can figure out what's going to happen with that. Um, okay. but you know, God's willing that work out. Um, but yeah, for, for now, the two people can take care of that. Um, you know, over the weekend, I kind of took the lead on, on, on the, the bacon for <laughs> the rolls and stuff, but <laughs> how did that come off? Good, good. <laughs> I don't That's know nice. if, 
I don't know if Shaz was was a bit surprised, but I did I did food in high school. Like I um I have experience. Oh, economics. <laughs> no man, I, food and nutrition. Like I did in in CXEs. Oh, okay, okay. So I did that in CXEs, and obviously, like I have you know some background in the food and beverage um space. Worked at the restaurant for like um well I'm. Half a year, a year, then worked at the hotel in, you know, different areas of the hotel industry. Uh, most as a butler, obviously. Well, not obviously, mm. but mostly as a butter, butler. <laughs> mostly as a butter. <laughs> as a butter. <laughs> <laughs> mostly as a butter. <laughs> I was just like, because what is that? <laughs> just walk over the, a roll of uh, like some dinner rolls and butter. is sponsored by Anchor Butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how was the week so far? And how was the weekend? Uh, the weekend wasn't too bad. I ended up, um, yeah, spending most of So, what I do with my weekends is I spend it with a girlfriend at her place. So, I was doing that, and then we'd go and visit her. It's pretty a uh, uh, very static routine in terms of that. We do the basic same things like we go and visit her sister, play with the baby, and then oh, we we'll leave. The baby. And co- yeah, and oh, cool. it's like almost four months now. Oh, nice, 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 nice. So trying to just um get him racialized, you know, and uh, understand uh, say things in color. Oh, <laughs> did you say racialized? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain. What does that mean? Um, it, it's just that because I mean they're Asian, right? So oh. you will predominantly just be surrounded by like a lot of Asian people. You would never oh, cool, see cool. black people myself. So right, right. Do you think that that's important? I think that's very important, especially um. Because what we are facing in our relationship with mm. her parents, like I feel like, yeah, that is necessary in right. terms of exposing him. Because he's in a he's in a very um very diverse climate that he's being brought up in, where like you see people from like Canada's a melting pot. You see people from every walks of life here. Mm-hmm. Different color, race, creed, religion, like everything you name it, it's here. Mm-hmm. So, right. Definitely want to get him exposed at an early, very early age. Right. So. All right. I, I'm not sure if this is like a hot, um, if this is like a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but um is it something that you would like to explore or like we can talk about it? i'm not sure if it's like off bounds but i'm just curious about you know what race relations are since you already you know if this is not this no is i mean planned, you know but like since i mean i'm o- i'm open to the subject uh, definitely i'm open to the subject right so all right what does it feel like being um i, I don't know like let's start let's start off how would you identify yourself as like a person? Like, how would you say that you are, you know, like, do you see yourself first as um, a black man or as a Jamaican or to, to give you some background? I firstly, like, I mostly see myself as neon and then neon is human. And then neon um, 
you know, is whatever his personality traits are. And then, you know, Neon happens to be a black or a man of black color or dark complexion that was born in Jamaica. So like most times I forget that I am not seen um, the way I see myself. You know, like I see myself as just me first. I am me and I happen to have this complexion and I happen to have been born. But none of those things come to my mind when I'm approaching anything in life. You know, so for some people, it's kind of weird, like to 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 hear that, because sometimes I, I genuinely forget that I'm in a predominantly um, white country. And um, a lot of times I forget that because I don't see myself as somebody else. Like mostly I may say, oh, I'm not as Argentine as some people may be, but I still kind of identify as, yeah, I, I feel as Argentine as a lot of people do. Like I feel I, I am me and I, I like this culture and I like where I am and wherever I am, I'm just me. If I go into a room of, you know, older Chinese people, I'll probably have to like remind myself that oh they probably don't see you the way that but for most times i forget because i'm just there about the things that we're doing like i am there with a mission like oh i'm here about this or about that and i i kind of infuse myself into the space (laughs) so sometimes people forget as well that oh you're not from here or you're not you don't you so you're not you're not off us <laughs> you know sometimes you know people remind themselves of that but it's kind of that's just a backdrop to ask you the question um so you can better understand like yeah how how do you see yourself or what sort of mindset do you have like moving through the space where you live so i mean like for me and and this is because like you answered that very well um to be honest for me i see myself uh First, as a, a, a black man, mm-hmm. and secondly, as a Jamaica, mm-hmm. and then everything else about me is just basically additions to mm-hmm. who I am, mm-hmm. right? But when saying I'm a black male from Jamaica, I'm very proud of that, and I mm-hmm. mean, at no point, like in no room or in no setting, will I um, feel any way lesser. Mm-hmm. Or, or put the people that are in this room above me because I still do. At even though I mentioned that, um, I believe that we are all human, right? Mm-hmm. Our genetic makeup are the same. We just hey, I have more melanin in my skin, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we all have the same organs. Mm-hmm. I would like to think, <laughs> and um, we're all made equally, even though we have different complexion or a different part of the world. Some may have straight hair, we have curly thick hair, like mm-hmm. right, right. We're all we're all people and um we're all here to serve each other. It's not about anyone's serving um just one person. We're all here to serve each other in mm-hmm. the system. So that is my view on 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 that. So, I mean, for me, like, understand coming to Canada and, and, and I have seen it, like, where people would be um, racial towards me, um, mm-hmm. especially when I first came here. But, like, that quickly, that quickly faded. It's not that it's not there, but, like, mm-hmm. it quickly faded for me. Mm-hmm. 
Faded right? in what sense? In that um, I no longer had like any. I was well. I was able to dismiss that feeling that mm-hmm. hey, like this person doesn't want you here, uh, or like not even that this person doesn't want you here, but mm-hmm. this person has has an has some kind of like issue with with you being here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was quickly able to like dismiss those kind of situations and just put myself in a in a um, position where like those people just matter less and less to me mm-hmm. it's not that if they were to co- come and confront me i wouldn't i would step back from the confrontation i would definitely but like the people that i've been around with that are that i'm so luckily blessed to be around like they don't see like me any lesser than them Mm-hmm. based on the conversations that I've had with them and um and especially with my girlfriend kudos to her she's um since this whole uh black lives matter she's like been really supportive mm. and s- same with her like I've been really supportive of her um seeing how the pandemic has um gave them like the short the short end of the stick mm-hmm. in terms of knowing that they're being racialized and um it's just it's just people being silly, and I understand that it's it's systemic and it it has moved through generation to generation to generation, and um, hoping hoping for for change, but I know it's not going to come today or tomorrow. But I mean, it's just to keep to keep fighting where we can, when we can, mm-hmm. and 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 to do it in a way that we're respectful of each other. I mean, we're not going to go out and cause bodily harm to others because, as I said, we're here to serve one another. We're not here to to beat on and to put down and like, all those negative connotations that we normally draw in in societies where we have, like, high levels of prejudice, high levels of um, racism, like, inequalities. Like, for me... Like I, I I try not to see that. See, like we look on people and judge them based on their race. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And and that's something I'll foster with like a conversation I always foster with like anyone that I interact with. Like me at in the office, like I taught everyone. Like Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very interesting to like hear that perspective. And I'm wondering sometimes if it's like um if it's a north american thing and i wondered if if i lived in north america like i would eventually um end up with that kind of uh view or mindset because when like growing up growing up in in jamaica and i'm not sure if it's a family thing but I had like so much, so much, um, how would I put it? I had so much pride in being a nation, you know, like the, my, my family name and, you know, who I was as the son of my dad and, you know, my parents, it came with a lot of, you know, recognition and pride and, you know, stuff like that. So I felt very, I'm like a very confident person. Um, not cocky, 
maybe at times, you know, <laughs> I may be seen as, as, as cocky, but I, I, I think I try to be as humble as I, I possibly can. I see myself as, like I said, me first, then human. You know, like I, I don't see myself as, oh, I'm a human, then I'm a black person, then I'm me. Like I am me. This is who I am. These are my traits. This is the this is how I view the world. So I see the world from my my eyes out and not really how the world sees me, you know, because I know what I want. So I I think all the time that I step in into that space with that confidence and even like shows would say it all the times, like where wherever I am. I step into that place with confidence and I command confidence, you know, I command, you know, attention and respect. Not I'm trying to be flamboyant, but I am, I am confident in who I am and in what I'm about. So a lot of times people think that I'm an expert in the subject here just because I have this confidence. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, bringing and stuff like that. And, um, you know, people would ask me, you know, a number of times, what do I feel about here, being here? And, you know, I imagine that there are people here who um, view me as an outsider first or as, you know, whatever ways they want to view me, but I never see myself as that. So when I interact with them, there's this confidence with which I talk to them and I command the space and I command the stuff and it quickly shifts from, oh, I'm just having this conversation with somebody who sees that I am as interested in their culture and I'm interested about them and I'm sure about who I am. And, you know, I am quick with, you know, my words and I, I, I am witty and, and I, I can just easily, if I feel like someone is threatened by who I am, I'll reduce my, my, you know, the, the way I'm talking so that, you know, they don't feel threatened. You know, I'm, I'm constantly measuring social interactions and <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess I've been, been, um, you call it no, what do you call it? I have been, um, accused of manipulating social interactions, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I really just want people to feel comfortable the way I feel comfortable. Um, in that interaction and sometimes people you know people go away with like a different perspective I don't have a problem playing myself as inferior if it serves the the purpose like if if me not knowing how to do something helps people to help me faster then all right if you want to feel like you know it all then I'm going to let you have it and so that you can you know (laughs) you can um (laughs) you can run away with with it you know um uh I had a, I have a friend that you know, likes to unbox things, you know, he likes to unpackage stuff. And some people are, you know, upset or obsessed with unpacking their own stuff. And to me, that's just extra work. So if, if a package would show up to the house, like definitely he would, he would unbox it. He would open it up. He would set it up. All that work, I'd, I'd get saved <laughs> from doing all that work. If it was to be lifted up a couple of flights of stairs, he would lift up a couple of flights of stairs and he enjoys that. You know, he loves unboxing stuff and I don't lose And I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I hear you on that cause you because know? I'm currently in a, in that situation where like that responsibility, I pass on to the person that wants to do it. Right. And right, right. that person is always ready and willing to do right, it. Exactly. No matter what it is. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so, I mean, 
I, I know I strayed out a bit, but I'm just saying like I it's interesting to hear those perspectives because um, wherever I go, I never see myself as a group first. You know, I am neon and neon just so happens to have been born in, you know, a specific country. Not that I'm I am not proud of. Well, not that I do not appreciate or I, I do not. I'm, I'm afraid to 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 say, oh, this is this is my roots or this is where I, um, I, you know, I grew up or the context in which I grew up. But that is such like such a small part of who I am. I feel I see myself as much more complex than, you know, the the ear. And I, I, I look at my, you know, my upbringing and myself with fondness, like, you know, of course, I, I will never forget that I'm a nation. We share blood. You and I share blood. And I'll never forget Darleston, where my grandma's house was. And I'll never forget Manchester, um, you know, in, in, in Jamaica. I'll never forget St. Elizabeth. I'll never forget the farm that I grew up on. I'm proud and I, I speak. Um, when I say proud, sometimes I know that I'm not communicating the, the exact feeling that I want, but I'm not, I'm not shy to talk about those things. You know, pride sometimes or being proud of something sometimes makes us feel like these are the only things that we can champion. But every part of my journey and my existence is something that I am open about. I share. I remember, you know, growing up, we never had television um, growing up um, because, you know, my because of my family beliefs and, you know, you know, things that have to do with, you know, um, certain belief systems. And I'm I'm actually I embrace all of that. And when I was growing up, I would be embarrassed about that because, you know, in high school, a bunch of people had, you know, game cubes and playstations and stuff like that. And I never had that. And, you know, I was kind of embarrassed, I guess, at some point. But then I started to, to own all those things. And I'm so confident and own all the parts of me and all of my story that I am me. You know, yes, you know, I understand the context I grew up in and stuff like that. So it's 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 a different way to understand or to see stuff um, when I hear that, you know, people, they see themselves firstly as, you know, these things and then themselves, you know, the add-ons, because it's it's such a different, you know, different way to to identify, you know. Um, I feel like I identify with different groups, like lastly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not, not that I'm ashamed of those things or, you know, there is, to me, they're just like descript descriptive stuff. They're not really parts of my identity. They are, they contribute to who I am. But if I was to identify, I identify as, as me. And I was telling somebody recently that, um, my name, the name that I give myself is probably not Neon because Neon is a name that my parents gave me. You know, Neon is a persona. You know, I grew into Neon and I learned how Neon was supposed to behave. But I am not really Neon because I know the things about me that others probably don't know about me, you know, but people have come to accept, you know, oh, Neon is this guy or Neon is this guy. So it's a role basically you know, I was explaining that to the person and it was kind of getting, <laughs> they were kind of confused because personas are, you know, we learn how to behave 
you know, how, how does Neon behave around, you know, his dad, Denton? How does Neon behave around his mom? How does Neon behave around Shuz? How does Neon behave around David? They're all different versions of me. Very, they, there can be overlaps, you know, in a majority, but there are different versions that I'm constantly, you know, adjusting and changing so that, you know, the experience that you get from me is somewhat um, consistent, <laughs> somewhat consistent with, um... <laughs> I'm laughing because I just got, a... <laughs> I got a message from, um, from shows that just popped up on my screen that says, you are both hilarious. I'm wondering if she's talking about, <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, no, it wasn't actually shows. It was actually from, um, sorry, from our cousin S. Okay. <laughs> said, we are both hilarious. I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, I she was listening to I the, uh, her, yeah, the, the, the first episode that we Because why are you putting us out there? <laughs> <laughs> we, we should be putting, we should be, we should advertise episode six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's hard to be all long-winded on that, but it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Well, all this came from, you know, you're saying that you're racializing him. You're getting used to, um, to different races, which, uh, sounds like a cool thing, um, in the context, you know, and obviously I would, I'm, I, I'd be curious to explore how that goes and, you know, what that's like, you know, <laughs> you know, I can say it's, it's, a at first, like when he, like, I don't know, he's kind of like, turning away from me you know like anytime i have him on my lap he's never looking directly at me he's mm-hmm. like looking but i don't know if that is to, to be associated with um with me personally like mm-hmm. i shouldn't if i should take it personally but like yeah. when when my girl is there he's laughing smiling. when his mom is there dad is there his his head turns and sees them but like when I do enter the room for the mm. very first time, he'll look at me, smile, and then that's it. But when I have him in my lap, he's like not looking at me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I'm not making like the funny faces. Anytime I talk mm. to him, like, you know, like um in Jamaica, we're not taught to like talk like the baby talk. Mm-hmm. Is that like, in Jamaica I'm talking to him like in Potter? I say, yo, listen to me, boy, be right, yourself, right. you know, you know, right, keep right. your show. So <laughs> <laughs> if that's turned talking is 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 like he's not into that like, no. maybe, maybe. yeah and what what's the energy like towards you like what's what what energy does he see um you know being displayed toward you or being you know directed towards you I mean, it, it's always like, cause like my girlfriend, she's always like, come, come, no, come bringing him to me. And like, mm-hmm. look, look, play with him, play with mm-hmm. him, interact mm-hmm. with him, mm-hmm. get the, get the um interaction going. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's, she's never like, I mean, when we're there, it's not like my girl is like on my shoulder or like mm-hmm. we're embracing just like she'll sit on the couch. I sit on like my section. I will. I have a, so I hope you have a section. On the couch, <laughs> uh, I have a section. She has her section and it's like opposite of like diagonal of mine. Uh, and I was just like sit there. So <laughs> it, I mean, you, you see that I'm, I'm actually not, not that strange. <laughs> no, I mean, like I'm not, I don't claim, ownership to it but i just find myself going there every time well you do you do claim for the the listeners for the people listening 
Um, after I think the last episode, I was talking about you know quirks and stuff like that, and I was telling David that um that I was telling you that it's so weird. Like I'm talking to the listeners <laughs> as if they're there, but anyways, listeners, I was talk I was telling David that um I I usually have like a specific spot in any house that i go to or a specific cup or mug that i drink from and whenever i visit a, a certain house like i try to drink from the same mug over and over like i have things that i quote unquote own in a space so that's what this is all about so you do you do have you do have your quirks you do have ownership or of certain spots <laughs> not that weird <laughs> Because you're manipulating me right now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But um, it's, it's, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I, I think we had said that we're going to talk about that. So I guess you already, you already, you already copped to that. You already copped yeah. the fact that you have your quirks. Yeah. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> I mean, I think one of them is like main one of them for me is like my OCD when it comes down to like to like keeping stuff like in order. And I think I got that. That is um attributed to my dad because like he's a man that like if he had placed something on a table mm-hmm. on a specific corner of that table, mm-hmm. guaranteed. 10 out of 10 times, it's going to be at that spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I and didn't like, know that. And he 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 was just so on the money with it. It was just like impeccable. Like, ask him, Dad, where is this? He's like, it's, you just probably flip four or three, uh, three or four pages in and you should mm-hmm. see the file right here. Right. And ask him where are these keys you lift up um they probably said take up two or three jewel boxes mm-hmm. and then there, there's a key on mm-hmm. in the back right corner mm-hmm. well so i kind of have that that discipline um, right. instilled in in me from that and um it's something that is still here like my sibling get annoyed with me but i mean it's just a part of me right like yeah, if yeah. I see something out of place, I'll be quickly the one to like put it back in place. Right, right. It's funny that you shouldn't mention that because I feel like when I used to um <laughs> when I used to live with like different people, I think um one of my um housemates at one point um would like show people like just slightly leaving a cupboard door open and just watch me walk into the room and close it <laughs> because <laughs> I have that kind of quirk where, you know, things have a specific spot and they go in that specific spot and they stay in that specific spot. And, you know, let's say, let's say I found like a, a tiny rock outside that had like a, a peculiar like look to it. And I'm like, Oh, I like this rock. And I put it on my table in a certain spot. Best believe, like, I'll clean the table. I'll take up the rock and I'll put it back in the spot. Like, it. I have, like, little, little things around the place. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really wanting to put up, like, uh, pictures or, you know, photos of different people that I care about. But I may have, like, something that only I know um, 
that it repre represents you. Like, let's say, you know, I'll print out, you know, something or I'll, I'll get something from you. I say, oh, that right there, that thing right there represents David. So if I see it on my table, like I remember David. If I see that thing, I remember my mom. If I see that thing, I remember shows. You know, like I have different things that other people don't know why they're there. Or, you know, it's not a bunch of stuff. It's just like small things sometimes, you know, small things, but everything has its purpose. Everything has its place in a book. Um, I'll have the different symbols that only I know what they mean. But, you know, because I write, because I write shorthand, like, <laughs> because I write shorthand, like, and I'm taking notes, like I have this symbol that means, you know, maybe, you know, um, remember this, or if I'm taking a note and I crossed out something, if I write a squiggle line under it, it means that that is like control Z, like, oh, I, I don't mean to cross that though. That should actually be there, you know? So I have like an internal code where, <laughs> you know, and... interesting because that is interesting. And I, I'm not, I'm not at that level, but that yeah. is a level that <laughs> you shouldn't have, you're like 11 out of 10 in terms of, <laughs> of placement and, and, uh, and um, finding the item at all times. Yeah, I because I one of the things I hate is like searching for things. I like to know exactly where something is. So if I tell a shows, oh shows, um, go and find um something for me, like oh it's in the third drawer from the left at the back below a red, you know, a red um folder. And if you know um it's it's going to be on third the third page in that you know x line like i know exactly where something is so it's easy for me to just like reference it trace it i should be able to call you at any point in time and tell you to find something i remember i was in jamaica and i was in montego bay and um when i travel there are like you know people certain people who are like kind of like family to me that i'll leave my um house keys with my apartment keys with and if I, I remember I needed a file for a project that I was working on for a client and I didn't have it on me um, and I couldn't get access to it on the, the cloud online. So I told my friend to, um, you know, to go into my house, turn on my computer, go into this file, open up documents, go into this folder, go into this subfolder, go into this subfolder, go all the way down, go into projects, go into current projects, go into branding going and just all the way down to the subfolder i knew from the top of uh, the top of my head how to get there and she copied it she was able to send it to me as an attachment in my email boom that's it like i know exactly where everything is and it it's it's <laughs> i try not to let it overwhelm me because sometimes you, you don't live with people who are like that and it can drive you nuts when you know things are not in their certain place but after a while, it drives me nuts eventually, and I have to, <sighs> let's fix this. <laughs> you know, it's, I can't ignore it for so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, but. So are, are, you, are, are you the one to um, determine where stuff are placed? Uh, has that responsibility been bestowed upon you? It's, or is there, like. I think, I think for the most part, it ends up being that, a place is defined like I define it for most part because I, I don't think anybody else cares too much 
you know, they understand sometimes that my system kind of, you know, they, they'll probably say, yeah, it works, but, you know, they probably don't see, you know, or are not as, say, diligent or as disciplined probably in, you know, keeping that system. But, you know, it, it definitely saves, um, you know, if Shos calls me and asks where something is, if I had put it there, I know she can guarantee that she'll probably find it, you know, where I say it's going to be. If it's in that, if it's not in that place, it's going to be in another place. And most times if I tell you the first place, that's where it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Are you the one who's like determining where things go or? I mean, yeah, currently with, with my sibling here, like I determine where majority of the things go. Is it followed to the T? No. Is yeah. there is there <laughs> bickering? Yes. <laughs> Does it return back to the original place? More than more than not, it returns mm-hmm. back to the because after I use it, I will put it back. Right, right. In that place, right? So yeah. I must give uh, I must give props. I must give props to like, you know, to shows, you know, for putting up, I guess, with my, my stuff. Cause for the most part, things do end up, you know, like tools. And so for the most part end up where they're supposed to go, because it makes it easier for us to find things when the other person needs to use it, you know, that sort of stuff. And I mean, like, so I've, I've, I've both sides of it. So like mm-hmm. with, with my girlfriend, now she, would want like because she has um been on her own for so long like she has no earned right to to place things and expect it to be in a certain position mm-hmm. it kind of like in some aspects um we we're we're alike on the mm-hmm. positioning of certain items mm-hmm. but in some aspects we differ and i mean <laughs> In, in, and in that case, I, I will just, it's not that I accept defeat, <laughs> but I just not let it make an argument out of right, it. Right, right. And, um, and comply. Yeah, but... <laughs> the way you said that. <laughs> comply. <laughs> but, so, I mean, to me, it's not so much about who puts things where or who, who defines, it's just a system. If, I just want a system to be in place so that I know where things are. If you put it there, I don't care. Just if you put it, let's say you want to put shoes, you know, um, in X closet above X thing. All right. Just ensure that every time that I want or the nail clipper, let's say, or a scissor, a pair of scissors, just as long as it goes back to where it's, it's expected to be. I'm good. I'm chill. I just don't want to be spending like, precious time searching for something you know i want to be in an emergency all right this is where all these things are kept let me get them quickly you know it's all about efficiency it's all about moving quickly you know um i i just want to to know that i expect this to be there you know let, let it be there you know it's a <laughs> Uh, that's really no, no, I, I definitely i definitely hear i definitely hear that I definitely hear that and i mean like I, and i mean to this day I, i'm as i said i'm grateful to my dad for that um because it taught, it has helped me a lot in terms of like 
staying organized and mm-hmm. like people will come and look in my room and understand like why is your bed always made up? Why is your clothes always folded? And that's and I mean <laughs> I can attribute that to both mom and dad. I won't just but the level of organization there, like definitely mm-hmm. to them. Like my friend is always trying to like justify that, yo. Making up your bed is actually like is like next to nothing to him. And he is like proof from science that like making good. up your bed is not good because like you let all like if there's any like germs or anything, you don't give the, the sheets time to breathe, you just try to cover on top of it and uh trap right. in there. Right, <laughs> the bacteria <laughs> in there, and I must like, but it's just completely different. How I was brought up, like, brought up as like, this is the scenario that you're given. Like, right. what if something you're out on the road, something happened to you, and you need to send somebody to your place, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in the midst of them going there to just see and going into your room to get some clothes for you, they go in there, and it's just like a mess pile like how are they supposed to navigate that to get to the things that you really need mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also right? also you know for your own sanity well at least my own sanity an organized space to me um helps my brain to to be a little bit more organized you know when i'm in chaos it kind of it, it kind of um how do i say it, it it's a lot of unsettling and it it leads to a lot of mental chaos as well. My brain is, you know, it doesn't have time because there's a lot of chaos going on in my head. So I don't want extra chaos around me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's sometimes there's there is time and space for chaos, you know, but for the most part, an organized space helps helps with you know mental order and helps with discipline, at least for me, you know, when when I live on my own or when I'm in a space that's just by myself, you probably think that nobody lives there or it's like a hotel because I, I like to keep it, you know, made. I like to keep it, you know, put together. I always say, you know, um, I hate chores, you know, so I try to I, I try to maintain things. You know, my mom was yes. always big on maintaining. I don't want to be spending two hours cleaning if I can spend a couple of seconds every day maintaining cleanliness, you know, that sort of stuff. But you know, when you live with people, when you're not the only person who who inhabits a space, you, you know, you have to <laughs> you have to, to adjust, you know, and having having a two-year-old who like wants to put things everywhere, you know, I'm having to, you know, teach her all the time when you're not playing with your toys put them back in the bin and you know whatever people may have to say about you know well expression and you know chaos children learn through chaos and yeah chaos while you're playing but you know when you're done playing i don't want to be tripping over your toys and i don't want you to be tripping over your toys you know we do have to share this space so you know <laughs> learn learn to keep it together you know <laughs> no, I, I I sound out on that one because that that is it's for me it's very important and I mean I know you you can probably come with science and refute my argument but like I just think from like a a mental like a mental level and and seeing how like on a on a level that it has helped me like with my level of organization, it has transcended through my work. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's because it start that didn't just start 
oh, let me just be organized at work. No, mm-hmm. there's some level of organization that I think manifested itself mm-hmm. through like, and then know that I can apply it like different points in life. Like I can apply it to work. I can apply it to my surroundings. I can apply it to if I'm relaying a thought mm-hmm. to someone in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Shows that like, I mean, that's how I tie them together. Some people are able, like, as I said, I have really smart friends that they, they never made the bed. The room is a mess. And mm-hmm. like you hear them talk and like you'd say, wow, I know there's no correlation. And I'm not trying to, well, I'm not <laughs> trying to build one for others, but I, I've built my own. Right. And, and, and it has worked for me. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, I, I know that people may have differing opinions on that. Like you said, you know, it works for you. It works for me too. For the most part, this could be anecdotal. I see where people who are organized in certain things, it spill over into other things. There is a saying that says, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And for the most part, people who are thorough in, you know, keeping a space together, usually tend to be more thorough with other things. Whether that affects, you know, overall productivity or whether, you know, people become perfectionist or control freaks or stuff like that, like we'll, we'll have to see how, <laughs> how that translates. But for the most part, you know, people who have like small habits of order and keeping things together, in my own experience, tend to be much more productive and, you know, much more disciplined and you know that kind of stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I would just wanted to point out, uh, I know this conversation is um taking a turn here, but like I just <laughs> one thing like I just know that like a lot of my friends can and can count on me for like maintaining order in in chaos right mm-hmm. and um a point i like to touch on is like my one good friend is just seeing him like anytime like i, I like going to his house and then he's like yo i don't know where this is <laughs> right? you know those people who don't like to look for anything right <laughs> and, and like when you find it you, and it's in like the most like obvious of places mm-hmm. and you're just like Watch this, boom. And like, you just like, say a book was open on the table and he's like, oh, I can't find my headphones. And you just like close the book and just to the <laughs> headphones right there. And you're just like, did you look here? And he's like, yeah, I looked there, man. I just didn't see it. I'm just like, and then you're just like, yeah, sure you did. Sure you did. Sure you did. <laughs> like you probably like moved the whole book, on, moved the whole table, but didn't move the book on the table <laughs> to look. So, sometimes, sometimes I wonder though, I wonder if, um, if it has to do with how our brains work, because sometimes I feel like the ease with which I find things or I'm able to, to put two, like two things together and the apparent ease with which you do that as well. Maybe it's not, it's not the same for some people, you know, there's somebody who, um, I'm trying to remember who it was and my brain is going to like keep at it until I remember it. Um, but there's somebody who was talking about, you know, the fact that, um, oh yes, um, it was a, a guy who, um, 
who does like some deliveries and stuff for me. Um, he was saying, you know, talking about how it is that some people find it hard to, to, to put things together like technically or have problems, you know, operating software or certain, you know, technological devices. And he was saying that, you know, he, he, as well as myself, um, we, because we are good with technology, it's easier for us to see patterns and, you know, to, to have, you know, see the common sense or common thread or solve things. You know, we're talking, I was opening up the back of his delivery uh, vehicle till, you know, when we're out doing some drops and, you know, I was telling him that, you know, I was asking him, oh, how do you open this? And midway through asking him how to open the, the, the door, I already opened it. You know, and I was telling him that I actually ask people because I want to go as fast as I can, but I already know that somewhere through all of asking and them coming to tell me, I already will figure it out. But just in case, I just want to be, you know, on my way and go as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. But he was saying, you, he was saying to me, you're good at, you know, putting things together or solving problems because, you know, of your background in technology. And I was saying, well, maybe it's my natural ability and maybe cultivated ability to solve problems that actually lends well to technology and not the other way around. Because I feel like, I feel like whether it's technology or, or not, I have, you know, I've acquired over the years the ability. And I, th I, I think I'm sensing that from you based on our conversations and based on what you're saying, just to like to solve stuff. And it goes back to what you're saying. Maybe your friend just, you know, has not honed in or leaned into that ability. I feel like everything can be learned in life. That's, yes. that's my view. I feel like anything can be learned. Uh, maybe except, you know, giving birth for many, <laughs> 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 you know, and people made the beat on that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> whatever but um you know they're very you know most things can be learned in life i believe and um you know i think people can learn to be more observant and you know maybe your friend can learn to 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 <laughs> to find things you know <laughs> yeah I mean, and i enjoy it because they'll they'll even ask me to to um set up like furniture yeah, or like, yeah, set up yeah, yeah. things and for me, like you, you see them looking through the instruction booklet, like, and how what piece goes where, and like, because there's this one um company that is um here that sells like, let's say really basic furniture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I did there, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have that on on uh, um, on the rosters. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Too. Yeah, and and I mean, there's a couple like common pieces that go from piece to piece to piece, right? Mm -hmm. And and they do us. They're there for a specific. It's like a connection. It is. It's like a connection piece. You just insert mm -hmm. it, and it will connect. Pieces mm -hmm. at a ninety degree angle, mm -hmm. or pieces in parallel, like it, it's just there as a connector. And for me, like you see the same things over and over and over. So now I've built up like within myself. All right, I don't even need to look at the instructions. I just need to look at the final product. What we're right. trying to achieve, and then uh, I'll just start exactly. going. Exactly. I'm building, and people are like, "Man, how did you do this?" I feel. I feel. I don't know. Me. I don't know if it's like it has to do with how we were grown or like our parents, but I feel like it's, 
it's something that my eldest brother does as well. And he's an engineer and he grew up with your dad who is an, who was an engineer. And, you know, my dad has that kind of mindset to problem solving. And I feel like what you just said there, I usually look at the end product or the end goal and then work my way back. You know, I feel like a lot of times people get overwhelmed because they're not working with the end goal in sight. And that applies to like every part of life, every stroke of life. You know, the reason why we're we're doing this podcast and the reason why we're talking is an attempt. You know, I have an attempt or I'm, I am attempting to to get to a certain spot in my life. You know, there is um, I have long goals, long term goals. And, you know, parts of that has to do with content creation and sharing ideas and, you know, um, development. And one does not get to, you know, just, oh, boom, one day you're this, you know, um, renowned author or speaker or writer without first going through the phases of sharing ideas in a small group, one-to-one, sharing, you know, ideas with a group of three sharing ideas with, you know, a small crowd and, you know, building your way, your way until you get to where you want to be, you know? So this is one step towards that big goal of, you know, maybe when I'm in my forties or so, if life lasts that long, obviously for me, um, you know, to be sharing ideas with people and, you know, doing talks and stuff like that. So everything that I'm doing today is because I have an idea of where I want to be, you know, 10 or 20 years down the line. You know, I don't really plan out every step, but everything I'm doing now is with that in mind, you know? So technically I'm always going to be doing things that add up to that, you know? So you putting together furniture, it's going to add up towards, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like in the final product, you know? (laughs) So... Yeah, um, I feel like it has a lot to do with maybe it has a lot to do with, you know, or background. I remember um, my um, almost name dropped him there. <laughs> my <laughs> eldest um, brother would, you know, when he would teach like physics or math, he would always say, all right, if you solve a problem, you should be able to work your way back from the end of the problem, from the solution back to, you know, the beginning. So work if you if you did things correctly, you should be able to go from A to B and back from B to A. Obviously, there are some things in life that are irreversible, but for the most part, you know, things are not irreversible. So you should be able to work your way back and forth, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> no, that's very valid. That's very valid. And um, that's, a, that's a, like, that's a, a, I guess a good quirk. <laughs> I I even look at it as a quirk. Like to me, I've embraced it and mm-hmm. taken my OCD and embraced it and says, you know what? Foundationally, it had let it has led me from this point of just of building myself through organization mm-hmm. and has led me to now move on to more scenarios of like advanced problem solving, like not wanting an um not shying away from like taking on big tasks and just Mm -hmm. using and using just like basic concepts to deconstruct that problem, the the bigger problem Mm -hmm. and solving it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you'll find that like, 
I mean, it, and this doesn't work for everyone. Some people may just like are like are gifted enough to just see a big problem and can solve it right away without mm-hmm. actually having this foundation. But I think how I learned mm-hmm. was by doing and and repetition and mm-hmm. then just trying something and trying and advancing that to like the next level and then going to the next level and the next level. Like as I, I, and I'll just say this other story, like growing up and, and then I'll just pinpoint it through life growing up that uh, I would always be the one outside helping daddy cut the lawn, how understand how to operate the lawn more. Mm-hmm. And then, I remember like moving from that. That was me as a child. And in my teenage years, um, they wanted to like um, construct. Uh, well, no. And then my friend had a go-kart in my teenage mm. years and he had, he had lent it to lent it. Well, he had left it at my place and it used the same two stroke engine as a, as a lawnmower. And I remember it was giving us trouble. Mm-hmm. And I remember just taking it, taking out the spark plugs, cleaning it, taking the car off, cleaning it. And then, like, servicing the brakes on it. And I was like, man, like, this started just me learning just the basis of the two-stroke engine. Mm-hmm. You know, me working on this go-kart. And then, no, here I am today, buy my car. Like, I have this project car, this old BMW that I'm working on where, like, I'm changing, like, head gaskets. I'm changing, like, wheel bearings. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm like welding and stuff i'm cutting stuff and uh, welding welding yeah i've i've did my took my hand at welding yeah, yeah that that is something i'm i'm not gonna say i'm good at at all but like yeah definitely i want to learn more like seeing like one guy because i had taken it to an exhaust shop and mm. got the exhaust redone so it's kind of sounding very like throat you know and um, just to see the guy actually do the wells and the nice beads, and I was just like, man, this is something I would definitely want to to learn. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's an older car, and like I just feel that like a lot of fabrication will happen on these older cars. Being in North America, being in Canada, especially where we have winter and right, the these snow. things. Yeah, and and the the roads are salted heavily, even though mm-hmm. I don't operate the vehicle in the winter because of that reason mm-hmm. but it's just like i would want to have that skill like there's no skill that i'm shying away from in doing in this car even like painting i'm like even gonna take a double at that too mm-hmm. like sanding and refinishing and painting that is like body work stuff so mm-hmm. yeah. you know what's so funny the, the reason why i asked you about welding like just today <clears throat> i was talking to shows about it um but for for years now and for like for ever since I knew myself and more so in 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 later years, I was talking to a friend of mine recently that um that I want to 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 start learning how to weld. Um like there are so many things that like I I'm interested in like more hands-on and, you know, practical, practical skills and stuff like that. And I don't know if it has to do with my dad working with Hartress NTA for how many years in the vocational spaces or the fact that my next door neighbor in high school was, you know, all around guy. He was a Mason um, and he did carpentry work, um, you know, and all sorts of stuff and painting. I learned to play paint from him, but like I always saw, 
I always wanted to be able to help myself as much as possible to like fabricate my own stuff. And I even started watching this, um, this, this channel recently called, you know, Fireball Tool on YouTube. You should probably like, you could probably check it out if you want to. But I was like watching their the videos and I really like most of the stuff that I end up watching, you know, while I'm working or if I'm working on something have to do with, you know, fabrication and machining. And I always felt like I've always felt like um, a guy especially should not be able to know to know the basics of, you know, of, you know, engineering or the basics of welding, the basics of plumbing, the basics of like electrical work, you know, like I feel like I should be able to know the basics, you know, of, um, <laughs> I keep saying the basics, but <laughs> plug, <laughs> but, you know, be, the basics of, you know, welding and, you know, construction and stuff like that. When I, when I'm here at my place, you know, I, for the most part, don't call a plumber to sort out, you know, basic plumbing or an electrician to sort out basic wiring and stuff like that, you know, because I don't have like professional certification. I'm sometimes a little bit, even though I'm doing the right things and I watch my brothers, you know, you know, the brother that I follow, my brother Z, um, he works for Jamaica Public Service. You know, he's an um, electrical engineer. Um, and my eldest brother is an electronical engineer. So I've watched them over the years. You know, I've been around that kind of stuff. But because I don't have, you know, technical certification, if I do a wire installation or if I do any sort of stuff, and even though I have worked with electrical, electronical components, like small components ever since, you know, high school and fixed motherboards and fixed computers and stuff like that, when it comes on to things that have to do with, you know, electrical stuff for a house and maybe because it's not my own house, I'm a little bit skeptical and weary of like, Oh my goodness, hopefully I don't like, I don't destroy this and cause, you know, some bad wiring, even though it's like pretty straightforward stuff, you know, I just a little bit skeptical. I don't want anything to go bad, but I've been saying that I want to take up some courses like practical hands-on courses, you know, in welding, um, if, if I'm able to make this new move to like a bigger space, um, with a garage, um, I was telling shows that I want to buy like a small welding plant to do welding. Cause like my eldest brother, like he does welding and fabrication and stuff like that. You know, when he, I think when he was in um, the UK, you know, he picked up welding and, you know, when he was in Texas as well, he picked up welding as well. And just does really like really good stuff. Like I can't send you pictures of, you know, you know, a grill and stuff or railings that he's made for like, um, my, my brother, um, you know, for his house and stuff like that, like really neat stuff, man, really good, you know, stuff. So I always feel like I should be able to do at least the basic, the rudimentary stuff to, to get by, you know? So it's, I kind of find it funny that you're saying like, yo, you do welding and stuff. Because to me, that's exciting that you are able to do mechanical work. I also want to understand like the basics of mechanical work. Because I was even saying to Shos today, like I, I said to her, like, why didn't I become an engineer? Like, why didn't I do engineering? <laughs> she laughed and said to me like, she's like, Neon, do you, would you really want to formally study anything like i don't see you as somebody who wants any form of formal thing because <laughs> most of the things that i learned in life and most of, most of the things that i do in life i guess i'm not really one for like school in the sense that you know formal sitting down going to a class 
You know, I was even thinking of there's a, a neighbor, a guy who lives on my block who does welding and fabrication. A couple of times when I've been next door to his, um, you know, because a friend of mine has like a, a restaurant beside his, you know, his space. A couple of times I, I felt tempted to go to him and say, how much would you charge me to be your apprentice? And I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, <laughs> I would even pay him for me to be his apprentice, to just be there, you know, learn from him, help him out with different projects. So I can actually get some hands on, you know, when it comes on to welding and fabrication but if that doesn't happen, you know, when I have my space, I'll just, you know, start to do a little tack welding here and there, you know, try to build some railings and some stuff, you know, maybe if my, if my welding is not that neat, you know, angle grinder would probably be like a good friend. <laughs> a good, a great friend. It's a, it's, it's a great friend. You know, you know? <laughs> great friend. But yeah, that's dope, man. That's really dope. I really find that cool that, you know, how, like, how did you get started on the whole welding thing? Man, um, like I want to say a big shout out to my friend's dad and my friend, man. Like, what, they, in Jamaica they, or, or in no, Canada? here in, in, in Canada. Uh-huh. And I met them through my aunt. Mm-hmm. And like, man, like he was the one that let me, he was the one that saw, um, put me on to just talking with him. He was the one that put me onto this car. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that had a contact to get me this car mm-hmm. and then from there it just kept snowballing that like oh i finding myself at his at his house and um working on the car he was the one that taught me how to drive my um he had a, a convertible bmw and he taught me how to drive manual and i remember mm-hmm. getting stalled in like a, on a four-lane road in the middle of an intersection stalling what <laughs> right and like it was it was scary, man. But like, he was the one that like just does like breathe this life into me, mm-hmm. and um, just keep wanting like t- to do more and to keep pushing the envelope as to what you can do mm-hmm. with like make like with um with the car because he does he works on all his cars himself. Mm-hmm. Um. By trade, he's, I would want to say he's a more a computer engineer, but like mm-hmm. he knows he he knows his electronics and he knows mm-hmm. his way around his electronics. And his and his son is just like very talented, man. Like this, there's nothing that this 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 kid puts his hand down that he can't do. Like mm-hmm. whether whether it be playing instrument, whether it be photography, videography, working mm-hmm. on his car, mm-hmm. like he's just like amazing, man. And like I don't know what I mean. It sounds like I'm idolizing them. But no, like, no, 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 no. Like, it sounds, no, man. It sounds, it sounds normal, man. <laughs> like there is like, when I'm, when I'm there working with them, it's just like, I don't want to leave. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, and like, I just wish that we never, all of us never had full-time jobs and our full-time jobs were just yo, to work on cars. Yo, there is, it's so funny. It's so funny that you say that. But finish. I, I have something to say after. But yeah. And just to work on cars because we're all so passionate about cars and we all want to build something, yeah. something fast, something reliable. And and and, and like we have this saying that um, power without control means nothing. And like, <laughs> so if anytime we're doing oh, yeah. anything and say like we're doing this for a power advance, but make sure you can control that power that you're putting down. And, right. So we're always working it from both angles. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a dope scene. 
Like I, I'm dying for them to um for like the for it to warm up more. I was even just chatting with my girlfriend and telling her like I'm looking forward to booking some time off to like to go and work on my car because I need to change like the head gasket on on my motor. I need to do a bearing in one of my wheels, and um like I'm just looking forward to doing yeah. that and like just doing even more like I was even because even like my friend no his he's like working with another one of his friends they're like um turboing a, a Toyota Alteza here as well as it's like Alexis yeah, yeah. but they're yeah. putting a turbo on it and it just seen the videos that they're posting on Instagram I'm just like man I wish I was me doing that to my car right now boosting what's their Instagram me. handle um Right now, if you thought like it's uh Campbell's that garage, oh, I'll plug him here. Yeah, of course. And man. Also, also, you should follow Retrofit Garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's that's my friend's actual main auto page. Mm-hmm. Plug that too. Like he does a lot of um car stuff there. Campbell's garage. That that garage. Right. Life's too short to drive boring cars. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Daily 17 inch Jaguar ER export. Exactly. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So and, and you said the other one was um Retrofit Garage. Retrofit Garage. So that was a, a brand that him and I like we're we're toying with. And like mm-hmm. on my car I have this sticker that says retrofit mm-hmm. on the window. Like you know, people plaster like stickers on like the top of the window, but right. mine is just like on the like the base of where of the window where the windshield wiper is and it just says retrofit. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Retrofit garage. Retrofit underscore garage. Yeah. Uh let's see. I should be following the page if anything. Uh, uh, uh no, I'm just finding like Spanish <laughs> Spanish stuff. But yeah, I mean you'll you'll send it to me afterwards. Yes, I'll definitely yeah. send it to you. Which reminds me, which reminds me, and I wrote it down. You never ever sent me, I was listening to the the, the episode, and we'll talk about that maybe towards the end, but I was listening to listening to the episode, the first episode that dropped. Um <laughs> and I was I was remembering that you never shared the video of you talking on YouTube. <laughs> I got the same thing, you know, because like, I thought the same thing. I was just like, here, yeah, bro, this up. But I didn't actually send it to him. Right, like, right. I, I should send it to him. Right. So right. I will definitely send that to you as well. Like, yeah. Please do remind me yeah. by the end of this call to send it to you. You know, there is something there. I will. I will. There's something that you said that... You know, the, the enthusiasm that you were talking about, you know, um, you know, you guys working on cars and you wish like you never had full time jobs. You could work on it all the time, you know, hope, you know, it will be cool to see if that actually became something where it could make, you know, make a living out of doing that kind of stuff. But I was just I was just laughing to myself or smiling to myself because um couple weeks ago i was watching um van neistat that's casey neistat's brother um he has mm-hmm. a channel and you know his videos resonate with me there you know it's called the spirited man and basically the spirited man is basically the spirited man is 
um, I would define as though, you know, a man who enjoys, you know, fixing things or enjoys finding solutions to problems and, you know, doesn't stop until things, you know, are done right. I mean, there are, there are different, um, you know, definitions of it that he'll have on his, his, his channel, but he was just talking about, um, he was talking about something. I'm trying to remember what it was. And the thought just came to me, you know, just watching him get deep into that and throw himself into the project that he was working on, throw himself the things that he's working on and his videos and making different stuff. And a thought hit me that, you know, the best work is no work at all. And that, that saying can be understood in like so many different ways. And it actually, every single meaning that it has is, you know, it's such a complex saying, yet such a simple saying that, you know, I, it just popped into my head. Like, I'm not sure if somebody said it before or not, but it just popped into my head and I wrote it down. The best work is no work at all. Meaning the best work that I have ever done, it was not work. It was play. You know, I was, I threw myself so much into it that that was the best work I ever did. Like if I'm making a furniture and stuff like that, to me, there's no work at all. It's fun. Like I'm throwing myself into it. And the best work for people who don't like to work is no work at all. Like I don't want to work. That's the best work to do. Not working. You know, it's like, it's such a, I mean, on the, on the contrary to that, like I, I heard, this is a, I heard like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Right. 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 Yeah. So, and, and I think it, it's, it's based, it's, it, it's like cousins or, or sisters or brothers or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it just hit me that the best work that I'll ever do in my life is to me, it probably won't never be work. Like my best work and put it into the sense of somebody who creates art, right? My, the best works or the best things I've ever done is not the things that I did for work. Usually it's just the things that I did as a passion project. Which is, which is one of the main understandings or the main takeaways from that statement that popped into my head. The best time, some, some of the best things that people have done in life was not because they were doing work. Some of the big, best and biggest discoveries that people have made in life was not because they were trying to work or trying to build something. That's why science and exploration leads to so many, so many great you know, discoveries because People are not so caught up in like, oh, I'm trying to be productive. People are just having fun. You know, they're just, oh, they're exploring. Oh, they're looking at, you know, what if I add this amount of sodium hydroxide to that? Ah, oh, let's see, <laughs> document it. And they're just, they're playing. So the best work is play, you know. When you're actually like approaching something, you know, when, let's say I'm making a musical piece. You know, if I just throw myself in like, oh, I'm not trying to be too technical. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just having fun. With At some point in time, like, you know, I may hit up on a gem that, you know, I might find a gem that, oh, I was never expecting this to come out of it, you know? And it, it's, I, I, I find it so funny. Like it, it hits so hard that I feel like, all the times people don't come up on like great discoveries because they don't spend enough time not working, you know, they're mm -hmm. working too much. So they never, they never allow themselves to like happen on something, you know, and I keep having to remind myself to, to, to do non-work work, <laughs> you know, do things that 
it's not actually work. And a lot of times, you know, that's where my best work comes. You know, some of the best logos I've created was not because I created it for a client, you know, I created it just for fun, you know, for, for, for just for the hell of it, as people might say, you know, so mm -hmm. it's like, it's such a loaded statement that I find it, you know, I wrote it down and I find it like so funny, but I, I, this one that you said, power without control is nothing. It's like one of those say, statements that, is applied to you know whole mechanics and you know automake and stuff like that but it's such a statement you know it's such a, a a broad statement that can you know encompass so many different parts of life you know mm -hmm. or without control you know hitler <laughs> you, <Yeah>. know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know they, they they never they never had control over their you know over their, over themselves and you know their their lust for power you know <laughs> exactly exactly oh so that's that that's such a dope statement you know but yeah you never shared the video <laughs> yeah and I, and I and i will share that video because um you will see like you'll see like how um that car like like just me talking about it you will see someone who's enthused <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and passionate about about not doing work but doing something that like he enjoys mm -hmm. right and and how how excited like like my um, girlfriend keeps joking and said to me, you never, ever look at me like how you look at that car. Like, <laughs> like she's driven with me in, in the car and like, it's just like, I'm always smiling, just mm -hmm. driving it. Right? <laughs> that's the so, first girl. That's the, that, that's the first one, man. That's the first one. And it like a lot of people are like, man, you still have that car. You still have that car. And I'm just like, why not? <laughs> and not like everywhere I go is like a head turn or no matter like and I mean it's not like it has a fresh coat of paint on it like mm -hmm. there's a there's a ding on the front the left front fender mm -hmm. I mean and the paint is like is like discolored in, in certain areas <laughs> like it's not where I want it to be mm -hmm. it just has nice wheels it's sitting low mm -hmm. it makes noise it looks cool, like, and people are just like, yo, that is nice. That is nice. So. Mm -hmm. how, how long ago? How long ago we got it? And, you know, to, to be honest, I mean, this is something that it might sound funny. Mm -hmm. It might sound interesting. I remember in high school, like, well, after high school, this is going to sound so, so strange. A friend of mine that we're not close, he and I were trying to buy one that's just like yours and i remember we went to to talk to like um to our uncle e mm -hmm. um you know because his um his wife had a different style yeah you know, it wasn't really she what we're looking serious. for right it wasn't what we we're really looking for but we're like oh this could possibly do and i i really wanted to to have like one of those because like i really like the fact that they looked they never look as old as the 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 older versions of those. Mm -hmm. You know, it it looked like this this version between the new ones. I never really liked the new ones, the ones that came after your series. Um, let me see. I think it's the the M M thirty two, the E thirty six E thirty six three series. Let me see E thirty six. Um, 
Right. I never liked those ones. To me, they, they never looked elegant enough. They look kind of, yeah, just trying to be cool. And then the ones that came after that, I think the M32 came after that one, right? Then after that was the E46. E46? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. I wrote it down recently, the ones, because I was trying to remember them. I'm not really good with model numbers and stuff like that. So <laughs> No, that's okay. Don't worry. That's bringing out the nerd in me. The auto nerd. <laughs> no, there is one, um, the M right, yeah, M3 E46. Yeah. Cause like I'm seeing like an E46 over here that doesn't really look like the um the one I was looking for. Like, yeah. UWM3 E E46. Cause I remember there's like a comedian. Um what's his name again? Um uh he's his mom is Peruvian. Tom Segura uh, mm. was talking about, you know, one of those. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I like those. I never liked the ones before that. I like the one. Like, to me, the the E46 reminded me much more of um, the the one that you have as opposed to, like, the one prior to it. The, the one mm. to it was, like, it was trying to be soft with the edges, but it was still chiseled and it just... Ugh, mm. <laughs> But it's it's like it's it's just interesting that like to me you know the other card I was actually looking to at the time as to as well like I wanted um was like I said if ever I get a chance like buy a buy a ride I've never bought a car even to this day hmm. or owned a car because I never really had a need to need to um but like I was really in in love with like the vw golf like i love mm-hmm. german cars i love german cars so I was like I same was, here same I was, here <laughs> I, I wanted like i feel like i still will eventually buy one like just like an old school golf i don't know why like i don't know <laughs> but like how old school like what uh, year let me see if i can find it um i think because right now i think they're like 99 let me see um, what? Uh, let me see. I think it's in '99. Mark four or five. Yeah, I think it's the '99. I think so. But the the GTI like turbo one, like. Oh, nice, 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 yeah. nice. The the real one that you in in that if you're looking in that area is the R32, like that. That Let's you see. should do, or or anyone that has a VR6, because the best motor that they put in those cars is mm-hmm. the VR6. Right. That thing sounds like <laughs> that is the best sounding like motor to me, like outside of like any BMW engine that like I, I love highly. Like that mm-hmm. is the only other motor I will put. In a German engineered car. Right. And to, full disclosure, full disclaimer, like I'm not as big a car nut as some people, you know, will be like I have I have, you know, family members and cousins and, you know, and siblings who probably know way more about cars and are bigger car nuts than I am. But, you know, I I just always wanted to to have one of those, you know, and yeah. I feel like I will. And 
when it comes down to bikes, do it. <laughs> when it comes down to bikes, like I always feel like at some stage, I'd probably want to own like a Ducati, you know, like I'd probably want to have, you know, one of those. <laughs> Cause I, I would love a bike, but I am like deathly afraid. Yeah. Of bikes. Like I just love how they look. Yeah. But I'm deathly afraid. Like I always said to myself, man, I wish I had a girl who was like a serious rider. Like I would have no shape hopping yeah. on the back. Like I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, put me on the back. I'd have no shape, man. Like, but me, right? It? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I'll I pose mean... on it to be a poser, but like <laughs> me, no, no, sir. What what's the have you like ridden like it? anything like scooter upwards like or any bikes or whatever I've, I've, I've ridden i've ridden scooters i've ridden atvs mm-hmm. um never did a dirt bike mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> but you know like um my 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 second dad i want to say second dad for anybody listening um it's just a way for me to like identify um my father-in-law to me is like a dad to me. So I just say my second dad. Um, so like he, he'd always talk about bikes. He will say like they're unfinished cars because they only have two wheels. <laughs> and it was like, there's no reason for people to be riding bikes, but I don't know. Like I like bikes. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a big cool factor for me. Cause there's a big cool factor for me. I don't know. Man. I like, I like this, the, the speed factor, not that I'm like, I feel like I'm like a responsible speed nut, which kind of defeats the the point of being a speed nut. Like I like speed, but I'm also not trying to die too quickly either. So exactly, you know, you know um, I I really like I like the sound of the you know like bikes, like you know like a really well made racing in, through like you know. Like BMW has like um, what you call that th- those styles of bikes again? Um, uh, the racers? Y- no, 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 not the racers. Um, there's a there's there's a style of bike. Um, not the street racer. Um, let me see. Fill fill the dead ear while. No, like a Moto GP bike or no man, no. There's like your, your, like a trail bike. No, not a trail bike. It's it's there. You know, like back in the day, people were making like these kind of um custom the cafe racers. They're probably like a it, cafe racer. Let me see. Bike. Well, I know they. It would like, not be like your like your Harley. No, like, no, no. But it's, so they, it's based it, on that kind of. It's based so on look the, up the cafe racer. It's based on the cafe racer kind of stuff, but it's not re- It's not called a cafe racer. They have like it's a um specific um name. Cause right um, now I have a friend that has like the um the thousand cc BMW bike and mm-hmm. man that thing is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a cafe racer inspired. It's like fat, um you know really really fat tires, heavy stocky mm-hmm. build. Um like people who listen to to this and like our bike nuts would probably like what. What is he talking about? <laughs> and it's it's the two wheel ones, right? Not the three wheel. No man, yeah, two wheels. Like, like what like is a, what the, is a the three wheel bike? Cru- the one that you cruise like no, no cross country cruise. Okay. No offense to no offense to anybody who, who ride three wheel bikes, but 
<laughs> I'm not trying to ride in a tuk tuk. <laughs> you know, like, but hey, they have there. those um, what do you call those bikes? You no, know, that that cost like as much as a car. Which um, one are those? The three wheel ones. Um, the two wheels, like it's on two wheels at the front, one wheel in the back. It's slipping me right now. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I just remember it being in one of like I don't want to say like a Nelly or or a DMX video. Mm-hmm. And I basically like it can see two people. Why can't I? Um, but that bike is also a Raptor. Is it called a Raptor? I think uh, that's what it is. Uh, a Raptor. Uh, I don't know why I'm not able to find it right now. Um, Raptor bike. The BMW. But that bike is like not the tour. Let's see. That's probably the only bike. bike that I would. I would um go with because oh mm-hmm. no it's not it's not a even raptor. called a raptor what <laughs> am i talking about uh three wheel bike let's see if i can sorry find for it. my fans listening <laughs> i think oh, you just there's, lost there's a the spider <laughs> uh, uh i'm here trying to like search through this thing but anyways bikes. like it's there is there is one that's like very similar to like um some of like the Ducati style street racer looking ones. Mm-hmm. Um and like I was looking at them, I was like, oh, I definitely want to have one of these. If I find it, I'll probably um I'll I'll share it or probably like talk about it next one in the next podcast, but um no but yeah i always i always said that i wanted um one i'm here like looking on bmw's website and all i'm seeing is just like the um the more like dakar style tour bikes i'm not really seeing no one now i wanted okay but anyways but does it, would you say, and you say it does not look like your no. modern bike. It looks like. No, a, it's more like a street. It's more like a, um, a cafe racer style bike. But there is, I don't know. Did you ever watch um, The Walking Dead? Yes. You know, the bike that, um, what's his name? Right. Um, Daryl, right. Okay, I need to look up this Daryl bike. It's more like a it's more like a cafe um racer um mm-hmm. bike. Uh, yeah. But um there is an actual name for it. You know? Um, okay. a Honda C B seven fifty Nighthawk. Right, but there's a there is a um Actual name for it, you're saying. Right. But yeah, it's 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 kind of like the the cafe racer, but there's another there is in, in that style of bike, there is the cafe racer, and then there is another one. Um scrambler, right? Scrambler. That's the word I was looking for. So a scrambler is not really the same thing as a cafe racer. It's mm-hmm. um Let's see, let me see if I can find it. I think BMW actually calls their scrambler. Yeah, BMW scrambler. Yep, I found it. Nice. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I really like the the look of it, like the 
the chunkiness or like the engine, you know, it sounds like. Um, well, so this is the right term for it. Here I was because. Uh, no, my cafe racer. Like... Cafe racer is actually is actually a thing, but cafe racer was a different style. I think scramblers were more the American style. Like, and if you if you're wondering how I know this, like, actually <laughs> spent like a, almost a half, a half day, a half day, one day, just going down a rabbit hole, you know, looking at the history of you know cafe racers and scramblers because a year or so ago it was like a big craze over here in Argentina, like at least in my city, Rosario a lot of people were like modifying their bikes. And I think like, you know, there are companies over here that made more cafe racer kind of bikes. You know, the cafe racer, the seat is actually like this flat bench. It's usually like beer bones, leather, um, you know, it's kind of stripped out, you know, you can actually see out of the motor and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, the, the cafe racer was more like the British style. If I'm not, um mistaken and like the scrambler was you know the pipe was you know was also different it's a higher um or done a different way than you know the, the cafe racer but yeah um ducati also has like um a scrambler type um bike that i really like too you know no ducatis are nice i had a friend that mm-hmm. had like a, a race bike ducati and man when he turned on that thing, I was just like, "Wow!" Right? Like, I'm like, it's one time in my life. I, like, I'm not really envious or jealous, but that was one time. <laughs> I was just like, "Man, I I hate you, man!" Like, being able to to have the courage to ride that thing, like, that is like, I hate you, man. Like, I understand <laughs> that. Yeah. That's something I want to do, but I'm just like deathly afraid i just hear too many people that i know like man don't know dying from bikes like no no bike no bike and just knowing that like there's no real protection there's no protection it's you on the road right right and even like chatting with like my boss at work he he said he had like he was going around a corner and a car was coming and he had to get out the way and he had, like slid and he slid like a couple of yards off of the bike. I'm just like, well, not a couple of yards, like 20, 30 yards. I'm just mm. like, on pavement? Like, yeah. Road rush, road burn. He's like, lucky he was wearing a jacket because if he wasn't wearing a jacket, because even the jacket was burnt through. Like, you mm-hmm. can imagine if it was no jacket and just seeing like, in Jamaica, how how people ride in Jamaica, like mm-hmm. they don't even want to ride with a helmet, much less like a right. jacket. I mean, for the most part, most people who ride bikes don't want to ride with a helmet. <laughs> like, and I, I don't understand. You're going like me, like picture you going fast in a car and you head out the window and like, <laughs> like the, the, the like bugs and like the, 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 whatever in your ear that's like hitting in your face like you see that stuff right. on your windscreen well I mean not even putting your head out just looking on your windscreen and see those little bugs that like would get splat on your windscreen like why do you want that making direct contact with your face right yeah I, ne- I never understood <laughs> that like and the whole thing right in no jacket like no proper like I didn't know no 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 right but i mean i don't know like still like there's just something about um riding on a bike and just like 
feeling the freedom and the breeze, you know, feeling the wind. <laughs> There's just something about that, you know. Shows would always just say like, oh, um, <clears throat> you know, single riding a bike is for single single men, and you know, you have a family. You shouldn't be thinking about riding a bike. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. like I don't know. They call Porsches widow makers, but man, bikes yeah. are widow makers. They're for sure. Like. I would be, I would be curious to know, like you know, the bike accidents versus car accidents, and like the you know the the fatalities. <laughs> like, fill fill in the air while I'm <laughs> looking at that. Definitely, definitely look at that. But I'm I'm <laughs> expecting that the bike numbers to be really. To be really high for the people who have bikes, mm-hmm. compared to their cars, because as I said, there's no protection. At least the people you get in a car accident. Ooh. Not to say you don't have a chance, but like people. I mean, in- I'm not sure how credible this this um this um this number is, mm-hmm. but um, let's just see. Uh, motorcycles are inherently more dangerous than cars. In fact, that's a large part of their appeal. Motorcycles account for just 3% of all registered vehicles on the road, while about 9 million registered motorcycles in you. Uh, what? Oh, sorry. More, <laughs> sorry about that. Motorcycles account for just 3% of all registered vehicles on the road, with about 9 million registered motorcycles in the United States. It, they account for a disproportionate number of traffic fatalities and inj- injuries. Motorcycles are not just more likely to be involved in the crash. Okay, give me the numbers, people, please. Accident causes, common causes. No, I don't want to know that. I want to know the number. <laughs> yes, give us the number. Sorry. The number. Um, I'm not... There are more than 11 million car accidents, right? Okay. Um, mm, 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 mm. I'm trying to find. Um, but maybe, maybe, maybe next time I'll come back with. I'm trying to find it. I think it's gonna probably take longer than I, I need to. Um, let me just mm-hmm. open up another website. Uh, but um, the 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 thing the thing my fear here is, and I'll add this in um to fill out here. My thing is with bikes. Because mm-hmm. I, when I'm in my car, like driving my car, I like to operate it. I like to drive spirited. I'm a spirited driver. Mm-hmm. This with a bike, don't expect me to be less spirited and think about. <laughs> explain, explain what define your definition of spirited means. Spirited, maybe people like, might feel if, like if, you're under the spirit. <laughs> you're so spirited is, doesn't mean that I'm under the influence of um, drugs <laughs> or alcohol. It just means. I'm under the spirit of the pedal and the limits of the pedal and how mm-hmm. how much I can push the car. Mm-hmm. And because like my car, like one thing, um, one thing with my car, why um, I will drive it spirited is because I know the limit of it. Like it's only a hundred and something, hundred and say 50 horsepower stock. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know I ain't going anywhere fast anytime soon. So mm-hmm. the fun part about it, I can drive it to a, to within a certain regard and not feel like, boy, I'm going way too fast in this car. Yes, I'm going mm-hmm. fast, but I'm not going like like if I was sitting in a supercar and I'm just going like and, and like 
just flooring it and like leaving everything on the road, even the lights on the road. Like then I know I'm going too fast, but with my car, like it would, I say it would have maxed out like 180 kilometers is the max that I could push it. Right. Mm-hmm. Before I know it's like wearing on the car and it, it just can't do it anymore. And to mm-hmm. me, that's a, a lot of people that say, yo, that is fast. But like, to me, that's just like, that's cool. Like, yeah, I can't manage Because I've been in cars where I'm at 240, 260. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I trust the person driving. I put all my faith in the person driving. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I feel safe. Mm-hmm. And in my car, it's in my control. And like, I just don't find it that fast. Like a lot of people would look at it and be like, yo, you're going fast. You're going fast. And I'm just like, I don't find that that fast though. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm able at that speed, I'm still able to control the car in terms of if I have to make a quick enough decision, mm-hmm. I'm able to like gear down, brake and, and get myself into position to, 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 to make a move that they, Mm-hmm. Is reactionary, and I, I tend not to. When I'm driving fast, I tend to be like not following people. I tend to want to be in the front so it's clear and obvious. Oh yeah. If I'm gonna come into, you know, some people like to drive fast and like right up under people. I'm right, like, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll give I you. I think that's space. silly. I think that's silly because it doesn't give you enough reaction time. I'm looking. If I'm driving, I'm looking to get out and just be on the street and nowhere where it's just me. Right, right. Like, yeah. And I, I know that's like more putting more attention to yourself, but like, um, why drive fast behind somebody else? Because <laughs> if they break, drive like, fast that. exactly. <laughs> it's less, you know. I, I, I finally found um the stats according to the NHTSA thing that has to do with like um national health and blah blah traffic something something. I'll find out. Tell you what that mm-hmm. means, but. Um, 13 car drivers out of every 100,000 are involved in a fatal collision. Mm-hmm. In comparison, motorcyclists have a fatality rate of 72 out of 100,000. So that's like a huge gap. About, um, we say about 30%, 30 times higher fatalities um, than in car accidents. So... Yeah, maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that maybe more people drive cars. <laughs> um, so more people driving cars, maybe the, again, the way how a motorcyclist and a car driver operates on the road is like, uh, there's a big difference. Like motorcyclists are more daring, you know, you see them weaving through traffic and like having like near misses, with a car coming around, you know, they're probably less likely to obey, you know, the road, <laughs> the road laws and stuff like that. And the acceleration is probably like, you know, much quicker, you know, probably, you know, going from zero to, you know, to, um, to, to 60 may just be like in a big jolt or they're, they're probably more likely to, you know, to, to do like some crazy maneuver so that that and like my big thing with that because sorry to got you is yeah, my big thing with that is that people on the road don't know how to drive with motorcycles mm-hmm. 
you know right it's not something that you're taught yeah i mean you had to encounter in your driving school exam not that you're taught because you you had to read about it in the um licensing book mm-hmm. and but it's not in the scenario where you're driving you're not going to be driving with uh are not tested with um a bike person like closely following you or in your blind spot or in front of you you're not mm-hmm. going to encounter that type of experience so you as a, as a person learning to drive will just be more focused on the car in front of you and mm-hmm. then the traffic signals and the, the road signals but you don't understand how to drive with uh, and keep in mind that oh yo there's motorcycles mm-hmm. on the road here mm-hmm. I, I can't just be like dancing in my lane or i can't just make like a a quick pull out into something without like mm-hmm. fully checking mm-hmm. to do that. And um, like, and so, so, I mean, I, I think a majority of the, um, the accidents or a good amount, let me not say majority, cause I don't know <laughs> a good amount of the accidents, <laughs> <laughs> a good amount of the accidents are caused by like a motorcyclist trying to get out of a situation and just get, end up bad, uh, end up in a bad drive by uh, uh, th- just by a regular um driver just like mm-hmm. yeah. coming out of the lane or panicking because they see a motorcyclist and like uh, they don't know what to do and mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so yeah I mean but for, as a, as a motorcyclist it's not the same to be said like reverse like as a motorcyclist you learn how to operate the motorcycle and you learn how to drive with cars on the road it's not mm-hmm. like in the, when you do a motorcycle exam, it's only motorcycles. No, they're taking on road where it's mm-hmm. cars on the road. So you you yeah. understand where you need to be in the lane, how you need to how you need to to um signal and so that like people see you and to maintain that visibility at all times, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that is the scary part of that, and that, and that is why like. As I said, me wanting to go fast on a motorcycle all the time, and because they're just meant like they're called crotch rockets, like <laughs> crotch rocket, it just sounds like it's meant to go fast. And yeah, <laughs> that that actually sounds like that could be something else, but <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I never heard that. I never knew of that term until coming to Canada. And this is the first time I'm hearing hearing that. Honestly, it's like that, this this time when I was like designing something for um for um a cousin of mine, um, and he is you know cousin, cousin through um through through marriage, and like he's in um he's in Canada as well. And mm-hmm. you know, he's talking about bunny hugs. And that was like the first time I was actually hearing that, you know, like the hoodie with the pockets is called a is called a bunny hug. Um that I've never first, heard that one. That was the first time I was so you've never heard that. No, I've never heard yeah. So you say a hoodie with the pockets. So like the ones that is not zipped up, the one that you just pull over. Just pull over. Right, you know, like I just call thing. him a pull pullover hoodie. Pullover, like right, right. Bunny so hug. like a bunny hug. Maybe it's a um uh maybe it's something that has to do with um where he lives. 
Um, but yeah, like to me, that was like a first time hearing that. And, you know, there is, it seems like there are a couple of things that are just, you know, um, just Canadian stuff (laughs) either. Yeah. Bunny hug. That is interesting. Yeah, I have never. I've oh yeah, never it's, heard a, that one it's a Saskatchewan um thing. Okay, because yeah. that, I, I mean, I okay, I want to say I lived here seventeen years and I've never heard that reference. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, like there's just there are so many things that are just you know regional that even within your own language you probably never you know never heard that term coined yeah so it's like <laughs> so interesting but yeah like long-winded way of saying you know don't be surprised if you know on the you know like yo because you have a vw like, on a bike <laughs> I, I have like i bought this bike yeah um maybe maybe i'll, I'll buy a scooter in more recent times because like scooters like are more economical on on gas and it's probably easier for like a city and not really to go too fast and stuff like that but or just like uh oh honda 50s i kind of like them <laughs> Honda 50s you, you're throwing out terminologies here no man that. you know them man you, you like i've seen them but I... they're probably called you, you probably know them as like an old man bike because like back in the day you know those were like those little automatic kind of bikes that you know probably just like two speed um classic classic um so the honda 50s that i'm seeing now is like a a dirt bike but i know what honda 50s you're talking about right so um i'm going to send you like send you the 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 1978 honda 50 right so like yeah the the old school classic white and red um white and red bike Uh, it almost once it looked like um like what you would get before you get a yang yang (laughs) yeah um i'm actually trying to see if like is if it's the actual one that um that you're looking at let me see if i send you the link but i remember like just older like older men like grandpas you know in in jamaica like right in honda 50s um honda c50 let's see maybe if you find that maybe you'll find it better that way okay yeah honda c50 cub honda c50 number i think in like in um if i'm not mistaken one of those were in uh one of that one of those bikes was in um in grand theft auto Yes, yes, you're right. You are right. Um, let's see, Honda C50. Let's see if I find Honda Super Cub. That's why it's called. If you look up Honda Super Cub, you'll find it uh, in on Wikipedia. So yeah, Honda C50. The funny but, is it's a Honda Super Cub because yeah. um, I, saw, I saw somebody like one of the, the, the requests here is that how fast is a Honda Super Cube? And I'm just like, 
they also have like the c70 as well but when i was growing up like if you just see like old men going like mm-hmm. yes definitely <laughs> but uh, a friend of mine uh, when ain't I was going preparing. anywhere fast yeah no a friend of mine was preparing for like my uh my um exam over here uh one time um i actually never got to do my riding exam but he had like a honda 50 style bike and it was definitely not slow it was pretty nice you know it was just it was was so um, like he had more ccs yeah, yeah but i get the 50 there's um 50 ccs yeah because yeah. they have a hundred, they have one seventy-five. Yeah, it's a small then... bike, you know. It's like nothing, nothing fancy, but it gets you where you need to go. Yeah, and I mean, I would, I wouldn't want a lot of power on that because, <laughs> as we said, back to that same power without control. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so don't don't be surprised if one day you see me, um, yeah. hopping like rocking all those. Yeah, First... I think. I... <laughs> <laughs> That would be cool, cause that would be cool. Yeah, there's something that I was trying to remember. Um, so I, I don't. Did we, we? Did we iron out? Like, I, I know we, we started off with quirks, and we're now yeah. ironing out to that. I feel like we, to we, the we, perks and passions. Yeah, I feel like we worked our way through some of the things that I wanted to to like. You know, I had written down to to ask you about. Oh, there's something that I was like, oh, I need to ask you about it. Um today um i was like oh let me not ask you about that i feel like it had to do with um to to do with da, 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 da. um oh yeah yeah we were talking about um office but i'm not sure if like it's on point <laughs> maybe <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow time but sure yeah All right, that's it. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Basic people over and out. Tune in next week for more. Really basic. That I'm working. Uh-oh.